0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Teaching. Are you a teacher currently caring and supporting key worker and vulnerable children at your school in hub classes? I'm Yasmin Murray and we're going to have a chat about what it's like to work in a school during lockdown. I think the most important thing to really discuss first would be this issue of hub, the word that we're covering the hubs. So obviously before, in March 2020, when we had our first lockdown, all of the schools were closed except from approximately three or four schools in every local authority area. So these schools were covered by all teachers from different schools and they were called hubs. We're in a situation now where actually every single school in Scotland is open. Every single school in every local authority area is open and they are caring for their own key worker and vulnerable children in their actual school. For example my primary schools in a very busy town the population is high we do have lots of kids in our school just now so i had the pleasure of being in last week we have 46 kids currently in our primary school that's out of a total usually of 370. now it's it's not very high but it's still significantly high that we have three classes We have three classes, we have two teachers and an ASNA, a classroom assistant or support assistant in each classroom. SMT are also in the building, we still have catering staff in, we have cleaners, we have the janitors. Everything is heated by the entire school. The council are obviously paying for that in every school. I think it really is becoming a problem because we're calling it hub schools, we're calling it hub classes, but actually this means every school is open and every school is homing their own key worker and vulnerable children in their local and normal school. This really puts teachers all across Scotland in a situation where, yes, they are working at home, they are doing remote learning online, Google Classroom Teams, whatever the forum is they're using, but also they're expected to cover key worker and vulnerable children care in school. So, for example, in our school, I think we're quite unique. We did it on a volunteer basis at the start, but obviously we're a whole month in now. It's turned February yesterday, so actually it's not really working out very fair if you find that someone's in a class five days a week and have other people in the staff are at home, because we are all now accountable having the children in our own schools, and I should include business support in that, you know, nurseries that we have attached, these things are still open. We have a position where most schools are on a rota. For example, if you have 18 staff in your school, they'll take a day each and they'll do a turn and they'll work it around and it'll go back in that system. For the children, That's pretty mad. The children that are the key worker and vulnerable children in the school, they have a different teacher every day, they have different support assistants, they have different routines, the expectations that are set are totally different by every teacher because we have different patterns, different pedagogies and different things that we turn to. What the problem is for having one teacher in all the time is that that teacher is at a really high risk because in the classroom that I was in, you could be mixing with up to 13 households. Now that's not a limit, that's just the way that it is just now the worrying thing is there doesn't seem to be a limit during this lockdown it is just if they are vulnerable if they are key worker children you must facilitate a place and there are like six bullet points that you would have to meet so for example you have no alternative childcare. you do identify yourself as a key worker but what we need to understand is anyone who's working in a supermarket now is a key worker anyone who's working for royal mail is a key worker anyone who's working for delivery service now is becoming a key worker shops and things that are staying open and it's difficult for the children it's difficult for the parents and it's difficult for the teachers that they find themselves in a classroom, probably with children they don't know. For me, for example, I I knew two of the children that were in the key worker and vulnerable children class only by association of their siblings that I've taught a couple of years ago. Now, that was just lucky. What I found really difficult was setting expectations, social distancing, trying to keep up the hygiene measures expected. It really was difficult because we walk into a situation where the children are being told they don't really need to social distance from themselves, but we are being encouraged to keep them in class seating plans, restrict their movement, no soft furnishing, no down on the carpet, no group work, nothing at all that would allow a transfer of the virus, which on one hand I understand, on the other hand you think, well, we're also sending these children into the dinner hall to sit together, they're all at a table right next to each other, and that situation facing each other for more than 15 minutes while they eat, When they go out into the playground at break and for the Daily Mail they're allowed to run with their friends, they're allowed to be together, but then we put ourselves back in a classroom situation. It's very difficult to manage. One thing I was quite surprised about was that the children all had IT provided by the school. That was very difficult because then you had a situation where you had 13 kids, all from different classes, all doing different tasks online, all needing help to sign in and know their passwords. I understand that these are things that we have gone over, class teachers have gone over with the kids that I had in, but these kids have forgotten, and some of them, the ability levels are are different. You know, not everyone can spell their second name, particularly if it's not something you've been practicing and not everyone knows what year they arrived at the school, which is the GW code that associates the child's email and how they log in and sign in to access all their resources online. I have to say, and I'm apologies in advance to the colleagues, I know they're working so hard to put so much online in Google Classroom. We really have upped our game. I think parental expectations, HQ expectations, Scottish Government expectations, management expectations all increased with this video learning. The children should see you and hear you, and you should be able to use a range of approaches to interact with the children and make sure they are given variety and choice across the subjects. Yes, we're moving on with topics. Yes, we're moving on with new concepts. We're doing everything as we would have in school. But that's pretty mad because we're not actually in school. And what we find is the children are at home and the children, the key worker and vulnerable children that I had in class, when they turn on that laptop and they start scrolling through the work that's been assigned to them, they have absolutely no idea what's going on. They have no idea what they're looking for. They're not confident how to upload it when they're in school. We don't actually have the facilities to take photos of our work and then upload it. What I found was... Even as a teacher, experience someone who's already using the system that the children were using, who uploads their own work, I find it really difficult to jump in and out of everything. And what I think the problem is, we've been told, our director from Education Scotland and our local authority, Education Manager, have told us to be explicit. You have to be very clear on what the tasks are, provide challenge, provide differentiation. What that means is sometimes we're uploading one maths task, but there's four different sheets because there's four different ability levels. There's also an extra challenge. Then there's a plenary game. Then there's some sort of warm-up PowerPoint to watch me going through the numbers. It takes a lot of effort for the teachers to put it up there, and engagement is shockingly low. So in my class, for example, I should have 13. Every day I have two. Two very reliable boys, and thank goodness for them. Their mum is working so hard with them, and they also have a volunteer support from Bernardo's helping them. On a good day, I have five out of 13. You know, I'm pushing on with concepts, I'm pushing on with topics and moving through the curriculum. But what about those other children who are sitting at home who aren't catching up, who don't have access? IT requests in our school. We cannot keep up with demand. We're passing it back to our local authority. They cannot keep up with the demand and the requests for IT. We have families that possibly, you know, they have four children. They need more than one computer. They cannot access and facilitate this time all at once. Everyone's doing different work. I think what we need to understand is we are only pushing the attainment gap further by carrying on with the curriculum when we know fine well we have low engagement in deprived areas and households of multiple deprivation. We really need to provide ourselves and our children that haven't been engaging with some sort of way to catch up. We are doing our best. As I said, we have upped our game. I think teachers, they felt self-conscious about what the parents and what the council and what the government would say about what they are putting up, the quality of their learning. Teachers are feeling vulnerable so they are in a mad dash to upload as much as they can and make it as engaging as possible and have depth and breadth and take it in different directions and make sure there's fun and wind down activities, make sure there's paths and social time and check-ins and health and well-being. What then happens is these children, they might be clicking hand-in. I have a lovely girl online. She comments hello every day and she hands in all my work but never have I seen an attachment. When I ask her a question, How did you get on with this? Which was the trickiest part? Can you tell me what is an odd number? No reply. What should I be doing then? Should I be marking that as done? She has handed it in. Is it appropriate for me to challenge her and say, I don't think that is being done? Because how do I know? If I say that and I'm wrong, well, that's not very supportive. That's not going to promote a growth mindset. That's not going to help her in her learning journey. But on the other hand, if I don't challenge and I keep marking this as done and I give her her marks online, then actually what is she learning? Some of you might know this. Some of the teachers are in a situation where planning and going forward as well as trying to teach and support their own children that they have in their house doing remote learning. We have some teachers that are having to actually go into schools to film, still going in to get resources, still going in to check planners. You know, the movement in and out of schools is not as it should be in my mind for a lockdown that's going to suppress the virus. The stay-at-home message is fine, but I feel, in my opinion, we really need to be clearer. either schools are open or schools are shut because we're in a situation now where the majority of people believe that schools are shut and actually every single school in Scotland is open and the financial cost, never mind the cost of the environment of heating and fueling all of this, is really, really something that the council is going to deal with and that is going to hurt our children and the budget cuts that come in the following years and recovery from COVID. I really want us to think really clearly, is there something we could do? I'd love to hear from you about this. I have set up an email for the Let's Talk About Teaching podcast. You can email me in your thoughts. Please be as critical as you like. Let me know what your opinion is, and I'll maybe read your letter and share it on a later podcast. It's time to talk about teaching at gmail.com. I'll say that again, time to talk about teaching at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening to Let's Talk About Teaching. I hope that we have created a safe space that we can talk about our profession, share things that are upsetting us, but in a constructive way. I think humans, we are very good at creating our own tragedy and teachers really rise above this because what we are trying to do in this podcast and in this movement is talk about teaching in a way where we acknowledge there are things we can improve But we need to understand that as long as we are just getting better 1%, it's a slow journey. We need to understand this is a steep learning curve. As long as we are making the right steps and the right choices, try and help our children, our colleagues, our schools, our parents and ourselves. Hopefully, we will all come out of this COVID pandemic and return to school as better teachers, more empowered, more creative and more innovative. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.